Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. So Lord, we bless you this morning. We thank you for a new year, new energy, new season, the new things you're doing. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you for all the other ministries represented here today. We pray that as you've promised in your word that this will be a year of fruitfulness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please have your seats. And welcome to New Dawn. It's a blessing to be here. We have some very special guests in our midst. Movement leaders of other movements in the gospel. You're very welcome. We see you. Why are some of them... Why did they put... Did I see Pastor Henry Musana somewhere far away? Okay. I saw badly. They are all here. Apostle Moses Kalanzi. Hey. Pastor Athal Tim. Pastor David Waswa. Pastor Apala. What a shock. Pastor Brian. Uh, Pastor. It's not possible that I can even forget your name. It's not possible. Daniel. My God. I should just have been going through the Old Testament books. Pastor Doreen from Vive Church and others who are coming. Now it looks like your neighbor or the one who was supposed to be your neighbor didn't know where you're starting early. Some of those people want walls in at 10 o'clock. So you need to take your phone now hmm, and call them and tell them wherever you are, we have what? Started to turn this or is it to symbol day? Yeah, I asked the people who were in the overflow to come down. Can someone help me close those curtains up there? Someone with enough knowledge on curtain closure. So that we consolidate. Amen. As you call your missing uh, relatives, can we appreciate Pastor B3 for leading this effort? She's the chief of party for New Dawn Camp. So, if the food is not enough, you call her. Uh, if the preacher goes too long, you call her. Uh, what else? Now, this is a camp. This is not a conference. What is the difference? <laughs> the only thing missing here are tents. Yeah. But it's a what? A camp. It has military undertones. 
yeah, we are not here to, you know, that's why there are no screens and I don't know additional whatever it is. And DJ Pius, is DJ Pius around? We need to have DJ Pius. This is a camp because the main focus is just learning, receiving, impartation, and other such, right? Now, you know that the entrance of his word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. Oh, I didn't welcome all the location pastors. Hey! You people, you're not welcoming location pastors. You wait when it's your turn to plant a location. And then you'll be like, I should have been clapping that time. And all the network leaders, you're welcome. All right. Now, first seat. I'm trying to tell you about camp. So, what happens is that the thing that can change your life is the word of God. Whether you know it or not. And the way the word works, it works mysteriously. That's what Jesus taught in Mark 4. He said that the sower sows the word. The word. There's a, a low frequency buzz around here. It increases a sense of the anointing, but it's actually not the anointing. <laughs> so whoever can uh, silence it, we would appreciate so, the, the, he says he, he himself does not know how it works. Yeah. You plant seeds, you don't know how it works, but somehow you end up with a harvest. And that's what happens in a garage service, MC Live, if you watch. This is the your fruitfulness, so we don't have to lie. <clears throat> and things like that. But now in a camp, we take off time and take away distractions to have an overdose of the word. Overdose. <clears throat> now, you know that if a person plants one acre of land and they plant beans... Right? Eh? Wow. And another person plants 10 acres, assuming that it is the same spacing. Hmm? Under normal circumstances, the person with 10 acres is going to get 10 times the harvest of the one of one acre. Right or wrong? Yeah. So what happens in the camp is you can get like you'll do today about maybe and this camp actually we have just not been as radical as we could. So we have too many other things going on. 
So in a day you may get about five hours worth of teaching instead of ten. But if you get your five hours worth of teaching times three days, that's 15 hours. That's as good as 15 garages. And 15 garages is almost four months. So in one weekend, you can cover, you can get four months worth of seeds that someone who doesn't come for camp and they just come for garage, what it will take them four months to get, you get in three days. I don't know if you are, your eyes are being opened even a little bit. Yeah, so if we just increase it to six hours a day and you get 18 hours, those are 18 services that's four and a half months worth of teaching in three days. And so you shouldn't be so surprised when your life is a bit different from the lives of those who did not come. Right? Now, one writer said that uh, I have to go back this side where all the people who know the Bible No, this side also the people know the Bible, but I don't have authority. Dr. Alex, you're welcome. I stay this side. Now, uh, uh, what does it say about being excited at the word of God? I rejoice at your as one who finds great treasure. Can you give it to us? That's Psalm 119 what? 162. I rejoice at your word. Let's read together. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Great treasure. Have you ever found money? Like good money? Eh? Assume you went to the bathroom and maybe you didn't even go to the nearby place, but you go inside one of the smaller rooms. And right there on top of the cistern of the toilet is a package. And it has your name on it. So you're sure, you're sure someone did not misplace it. And then when you, when you open green notes huh? 100 green notes like this ah. hmm. some of you here you will not come back inside for the teaching you just call your border guy where are you where are you 
that, is, that one is dead. Wait, Namugongo. Ah, ah. Then you call another one. Musa. Then, <laughs> you call Wellen and he's in that inside. He's like, I have some urgent business to attend to. Yeah. I use the exit and come straight to the basement. Don't, don't go via the gate. They will disturb you. Your joy is palpable. You have found great treasure. You feel like everything else is a distraction. And before we know it, now, those who know they know that the word of God is greater than that. That's why he says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great, not treasure, no. There is a difference between treasure and great treasure. This is not my message for the morning. I'm just, I have the lovely task of trying to get <laughs> of tilling the ground, removing all the things so that as other people lay the seeds, they take root. I rejoice at your word. So, I want you to be you know that's why he says in Isaiah where with joy 12, 12, 3. Isaiah 12, 3. With joy, therefore with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. The wells of salvation, that's what Jesus has already done. And you know, everything that Christ has already done for you is contained in the word. There is nothing new God is doing. You might say, hey, for me in my place, God is doing a new thing. No, it, he already did it. All you're seeing is a manifestation. When you get healed, God hasn't just healed you. You are just receiving the manifestation of your healing at that point, but the healing came when Jesus was crucified. And in the spirit... Jesus wasn't crucified 2,000 years ago. That was before the foundation of the world. Before earth was created, that's when your healing was provided. Because, think about it. If healing and uh, the power of God came with Jesus' crucifixion, then where did the Old Testament people get it from? Yeah, where was Elisha getting the healing was distributing? Because it was also in God. It was it was in Christ. But he was reaching forth. He was using the shadow. And you, you have the substance. We will not try and compare the records, but <laughs> the man with the shadow versus the people with the substance 
examine the results. Anyway, with joy you draw water from the wells of salvation. That's why it says, I rejoice at your word. When you don't rejoice at the word of God, you don't get much out of it. Yeah, that's why gloomy people go to church all their lives and they're annoyed, sick, broke, and I don't know what. Yeah, and they're thinking, all that anointing that has been coming, you got not this revelation that the word of God is to be received with joy, with joy, with joy. Amen. Amen. Ah, you people, you're trying to scare me, but can I tell you something? I'm not scared. Hey, what a shock. So that's why we do camp. Camp, you overdose on the word. Word saturation into your spirit. That's why they call it impartation. The stuff you hear with your ears, that's in your soul. But there's stuff that gets into your spirit. And it has long lasting impact on your life. Amen. Amen. So are you ready for camp? Are you ready for New Dawn 2023? Have you called the late comers? Have you told them to see you? First tell them to come. (laughs) Tell them to come quickly so they don't miss anything. All right. Now, the... You'll hear from other people who will teach different things, but my sessions are going to be focused on loyalty and disloyalty. You rejoice at this one. That's the focus of my sessions. I will not be teaching from Bishop Doug's book, although when I come around for the gatherings in the different places, I'll be teaching from Bishop's books. So what I'm doing this camp is to lay the ground for a lot of the things you're going to hear in the leadership spaces this year. Loyalty and disloyalty. Why? Because fruitfulness, even if you've got a lot of fruit in a short time, can be destroyed long term by disloyalty and by disloyal people. And a lot of disloyal people don't know that they are disloyal. That's why Bishop Doug has a book called Those Who Are Ignorant. Yeah, most disloyal people don't know. In fact, God just has mercy on you not to work out the disloyalty in your system. So a lot of people practice disloyalty without knowing that they are practicing it. And they destroy the work of God. They destroy ministries, churches, movements. And sometimes they even think they are doing a good thing. Sometimes. 
they think they are doing a good thing. Are we together? Now, let me share with you something here. In the 1300s, one third of Europe's population was decimated. They died. A third. Recently, we had an almost an epidemic of accidents in which in a, like a two-week window, more than 100 people died in accidents, especially on the road to, road to Mbarara and some east. And it was big news. In COVID, we lost a lot of people, but we were one of the nations that was spared. I think we had about how many deaths? I, I don't think we exceeded 3,000 deaths. But we were all masked, what? Shut down. We are 45 million now. Now imagine a thing that would come and kill 15 million Ugandans. Hmm. One third. They died from the bubonic plague. The plague killed one third of Europe. Now, what was problematic is that they really didn't know what was killing them. Those were the days before modern medicine where people have, uh, what are those things called? Microscopes, they can look at the germs and they can tell this is that, this is the solution. People are just trying to figure out what to do. So they were dying. Now, in Liberia, when there was uh, Ebola, people died a lot because they would go and steal the dead bodies of their Ebola relatives and insist on burying them in their tradition, including washing etc. And then all those who buried also got Ebola and died. And then sometimes the government would now do these things where they come and bury for you white gloves, etc. Then they would come and they don't want, they are like, we don't want the spirits of these people to disturb us. So they unearth the body, wash it, and bury They just kept dying. <laughs> because they were ignorant of what was killing them. All the medics, they know that this is Ebola, they've seen the thing. Now you, you're looking at a dead body, you cannot see the Ebola viruses on the body. So you go washing. But if your eyes were opened and they, op- they worked like microscopes, and you're able to see all the... 
you think that the, the, the Buddha is dead and still, but they are moving stuff. There is living things moving all over the thing. But you can't see it. And because you can't see it, you subject yourself. You expose yourself to the thing and it kills you. Recently, we attended a, a conference by Bishop Dark called Identifying Dangerous Enemies. And it was like, the thing that can kill you is not, is inability to identify the invisible enemies. Because you can't see them. Or you don't have ability to detect that even though this person is smiling, they are really not for me based on the following analysis. Even though they say praise the Lord, they don't mean it. Hey. Dangerous. So these people, the, the bubonic plague was decimating them. Because they couldn't see the germs. And the more they participated in burying the dead, the more they died. Now, here is one funny thing. Yeah? In addition to humans, the biggest agent of transfer of the plague was rats. Yeah, because the fleas, the fleas were the main carriers. But then the rats were the carriers of the fleas. Double carry. The guys who transport the, the guys who transport the dangerous guys were the rats. But because they didn't have modern science, superstitiously, do you know what they concluded? This disease is spiritual and it is the cats that have what? Brought it. So what did they do? They killed all the cats. And what do you think happened to the rat population when they killed the cats? <laughs> yeah. It's like all the guys who manned the roadblocks were destroyed. And then the guys who carried the guys who carry the disease had rest on every side and were now just so disloyalty is a dangerous invisible enemy. And when you're young and naive in the ministry, you wonder why some people are obsessed with it. You wonder why aren't we just talking about Jesus? It is Jesus who said one of you is a devil. So I'll be covering these themes. Yeah. And, and this is not a response or a reaction to anything. 
This is an immunization camp. <laughs> this is a what? We have brought the vaccines. They are all here. Ready to immunize so that in future when the virus is about to attack you or you meet someone who has it and they start talking you can tell that ah, this one has it this one they, the immunization they missed the immunization exercise or it didn't work they got a variant <laughs> they got a what? Now let me tell you why. You know, the enemy hates fruitfulness. The enemy hates fruitfulness. And he will work around the clock to destroy fruit. And the enemy also knows that some of you, some of your locations, MCs, movements are too strong to be to be punctured. So what does the enemy do? He uses something called the fifth column. Have you ever heard of the fifth column? During the Spanish Civil War, there was a general called Emilio Mola Vidal. Hmm? This was 1936-39. And so he was attacking a certain city and it was super defended. That guy is inside there. That, that's their homework. So when they asked him, so what, what's the plan? How, how are we taking this thing? He said, you know, I'm not going to bother with these people. I, I have a fifth column. So there's him. Fifth column. As far as we know, you have four columns surrounding the city. What do you mean you have a fifth column? He says, no, 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 no. I have my people inside. I have my people inside who are going to open for me. Since then, the fifth column is actually a, a generally accepted term to mean a clandestine group of faction of subversive agents who attempt to undermine a nation's solidarity or the solidarity of an organization or business from within subversive clandestine hmm? in other words they don't operate openly you're not going to see them come here saying up more we hate you hand over the mic no 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 
they are not going to come to your location and say we don't like the pastor. No. They are what? Subversive. Clandestine. You just notice that at your location a certain group that used to sit in a certain part of the auditorium no longer comes. Meanwhile, there are meetings that happen at a certain house or on a certain WhatsApp group. Which, which meetings are responsible for that section disappearing mysteriously without a word? Hey. Look. And Mark said, if you throw a stone into a pack of wolves. The one that yells is the one that got hit. (laughs) So, if as you're listening to this message, instead of rejoicing at the word, (laughs) if you're feeling attacked, because there's no one here trying to attack anyone. But if you're feeling attacked, then maybe you're on that WhatsApp group. Maybe you have attended one of those meetings. Maybe you are an admin on the group. Hey! Maybe the group is pinned on your chat. Maybe you're in the fifth column. You're the one who roasts the meat. Now, let me tell you, I wish that what I was telling you is fiction. I wish what I was telling you is fiction. Ask pastors here. Huh? I will not name names of pastors here who have had sleepless nights because of the fifth. And you know they come and just take ignorant people. The Bible says Absalom, the people who followed him, followed him in the simplicity of their minds. Simplicity of their minds. To fight David. So there are some people, they are there in the simplicity of their minds. In the fifth column. And they don't know that what they are doing could compromise the salvation of 10 million people in 10 years' time. The 10 million people will go to hell because of your subversive activities, then you, you're marching to heaven, expecting a welcome with trombones and trumpets. And they tell you, first come here. (laughs) Then they show you that, do you see those 10 million people burning there down? That's your work. What do you have to say about it? There are those of you who go around murmuring, 
disturbing not following subversive groups clandestine ah first sit down and I tell you more about this fifth column Matthew 10 36 for those who are not convinced yet these are the words of Jesus what did he say and amongst enemies will be those of his own household ah I told you we are here for immunization so you just line up, sign the forms, and wait for your turn. <laughs> Pastors, you are, your ministry is almost undefeatable. Honestly. Except for one thing. Fifth column. One thing like this can bring a ministry to its knees. The invisible enemy called the fifth column. Now, have you heard of Azusa Street Revival? That is the greatest revival since the book of Acts to hit planet Earth. Look, even, even with all the racism and people not wanting to acknowledge ETC, what was led by a black man, it, it was too hot to be ignored. Even if you tried what kind of misinformation, turn it down, dump it down, it, it's, too, it's too much. Because these guys, William Seymour, 1910 Los Angeles the guys lit a fire that is burning up to today up to today <clears throat> you probably speak in tongues because of William Seymour yeah this one place unleashed a fire that has affects, affected almost a billion people can you imagine a revival that in a hundred years affects almost a billion people? It was wildfire. If you have never read about Azusa Street Revival, read about it because because of so many things, racism, etc. It's not a, the information is not that promoted. But you should read about it. These guys. He got there, he was praying five hours a day. He shifted to seven hours a day. And he was preaching about Holy Spirit baptism and speaking in tongues. And he himself hadn't spoken yet. But when the thing broke out, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. the miracles, there is a book called The Miracles of Azusa Street. <laughs> 
you have not seen miracles. William Sema himself was not involved in any miracle thing. The miracles were by the ushers. Yeah, you, you arrived, they dealt with your lameness or whatever at the door before you get in. Some of the nights, people would report that there is a fire and fire engines come saying they've reported the fire on this property. But there was no fire. It was just Holy Ghost fire on the roof. Look, you have not studied revival if you've not read Azusa. Because it is the mother of all revivals. Of course, the mother of all revivals is in the book of Acts. But if you're talking about modern day revival, Azusa was at another level. William Seymour, a black man, one-eyed. One-eyed. Who studied on a veranda because they couldn't let him into the classroom because of racism and, and this, what is that? Segregation things. The man unleashed power up to today. People would go to Azusa in the morning, be filled by the Holy Spirit by afternoon and by evening of the same day they are on a train on, to go to a ship to go on missions to a foreign country that you came like you come here you're planning to go back home but you never go back home the impact of the Holy Ghost is so much that when you get out you're, get, you're going to the bus park to go to Sudan it, on the same day on the same day you just write a letter saying I've gone that was Azusa but Azusa was cut short after three years, Azusa disappeared. Wow. Only three years because of the fifth column. William Seymour decided to get married. But then his choice didn't go down well with the section of the leadership. Let me read you something here. So one of his key leaders, they, they had a very powerful magazine called the apostolic huh? what was it Apost the place was called the apostolic faith mission their newspaper it was, called, it was actually called the apostolic faith so they had subscribers from all over the world 
that they wrote to regularly, giving them updates of what was happening at Azusa. So those people are the ones who would get other people to come to Azusa, catch the Holy Ghost and take it wherever they went. And this newspaper was the, up, the standard update for revival. So then one of the ladies, two actually of them, who were not happy with his choice, one of the ladies who was a leader who had been put in charge of one section of the, the Western America, and then the other lady who I think had hoped to be the one they married, they left and went to another city. And then they took the whole mailing list with them. And then they started writing to the people and giving them a new address. And they removed all Seymour's articles from the newspaper. <laughs> and then there were divisions. Those who were saying, no, he's not leading well. This, this, that. Why does he do this? Why does it? Some other guy even tried to take over. When he had gone to preach outside uh, the, the place, some guy tried to take over the, the church. There was a coup. But he came back and managed to what? To arrest the situation. You know this stuff, it reads like fiction, eh? It's true. So a white preacher tried to take over the mission. The coup was unsuccessful. But when the, that preacher was forced to leave, he took about 600 members with him. Look at this. So it was, I think, 1907 to 1910 is when the thing. By 1913, now I'm reading for you. Okay, problems continued to mount. Let me read from... I'm going to not put names because we are not here to shame but to reveal. The church is hugely successful newspaper, the Apostolic, of, Apostolic Faith, also faced substantial problems. After Seymour married Jenny Evans Moore on May 13, 1908, the paper's administrative assistant, name withheld by me, moved to Portland, Oregon, where she became the paper's editor. She took with her the paper's large subscription list, and after the paper failed under her leadership, Sema was never able to recover the valuable list. Problems continued to mount. In 1911, while Sema was traveling, XXX, a white preacher, attempted a takeover of the mission. The coup was unsuccessful. But when XXX was forced to leave, he took about 600 members with him. By 1913, there were only about 20 members left in Seymour's congregation. The most influential, arguably the most influential minister of the 21st century was left with 21 members. Six years after beginning. It's called the fifth column. 
Seymour spent the final years of his life traveling across the country, speaking mostly to black audiences. He published a book. On September 28, 1922, Seymour suffered two heart attacks and died in his wife's arms. He was buried at Evergreen Cemetery in East Los Angeles. After his death, Jenny became pastor of the church and continued her husband's work until she died, even after she lost Azusa Mission in 1931. She died in 1936. Today, that plot which I think is arguably the most influential piece of land on modern Christianity is occupied by a Japanese uh, culture center. The people inside should come and sit down. Or rather, the people outside. Can someone help the people outside come in and sit down? Do you are you understanding? Jesus said the house divided against itself cannot stand. You cannot, you cannot better Jesus' prophecy. You cannot say, no, those other houses can, but ours, even if divided against itself, it can stand. It cannot. Jesus said it cannot stand, therefore it cannot stand. So what do you do? You deal with division. You see, there are some diseases you get, eh? and you, rec- you know, like you get a flu, some ginger lemon tea, it is here, and you know you'll be fine. But there are some sicknesses, if the doctor tells you you have this sickness, eh? there are some sicknesses we call life-threatening conditions. Do you deal with them the same way you deal with the flu? Why? Because it's life-threatening. Jesus has said the thing that will kill your church and your movement is internal strife. He says it cannot stand. So then what do you do? Do you deal with it like a flu? You vaccinate, you immunize, you treat, you you, 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 huh? surgery, removal of parts. Oh, yeah. Sometimes when they, they realize that if this part, body part remains on your body, it's going to kill you. They will remove it. Yeah, sometimes that's what you have to do. Bible says, cast out the scorner and contentions will cease. Not negotiate with the scorner, uh, caress the scorner, get into a conversation with the scorner, try and figure out what is making the scorner unhappy. All of that can get your thing to die 
very quickly. Okay. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Do you know why this message always sounds as if I'm, I'm, the, I'm the one huh? where you feel like you are the one? Because disloyalty is natural to every human being. There is no human being who is loyal naturally. Yeah. Left to yourself, you are a disloyal person and you know it in your heart. That's why even when you fall in love and saliva is coming from your mouth, when you come here, they say, we understand your heart is beating fast, etc. But first come and sign here. Because we know you. We know you so well. We know that all these things you're saying, with my body I honor you, all that I have I give to you, all that I am I share with you, within the love of Christ the Father, hey, hey. Okay, sounds good. Now, up, up, come. Come. There is a small table. Come. Sign, and not one paper. Sign five copies. What? We need reputable witnesses because we know you can deny that that is not my signature. And we need pictures and videos showing you are the one who signed. Because we know that you, you just need the right pressure to deny the things you've just said. Why do they make people who are in love sign things? Disloyalty is lodged in your heart. In fact, you should be surprised when you are loyal. You are like, eh. you should be like, Jesus has really worked on me. Yeah. When you find yourself being loyal, it is Jesus. Yeah. Those of you who just, you find someone, you like them, you go jump into the bed. <laughs> you cry tears you've never cried before. <laughs> you cry even red tears. Yeah. Before the person touches any sensitive body parts, they have to come. <laughs> Sign. No signature, no touching. At all, at all. Why? We we are human beings. So when I'm preaching, don't be a thing. Bambi, those disloyal people. That's why people celebrate anniversaries. It's like when one year passes, you're like, it's like, how did we make it through one year? Ebenezer, that's Father Lord has brought us. 
let me get into today's um, this morning's topic if you're taking notes the title for this sermon which is starting now is accusation opposition and the progression of rebellion Accusation, opposition, and the progression of rebellion. Yeah, there is a method. There is a progression. Stage one is the core leadership. Core leadership. Numbers 12, 1 to 15. Let's read quickly. Then Miriam and Aaron, you guys are not reading. One, two, we read. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Ah! Koa, koa. Miriam, Aaron. The siblings of Moses the older ones remember who cared for Moses when he was young Miriam meanwhile people have other issues but they find another issue that has nothing to do with anything and they touch they touch on it it's their problem is different and you're going to see what their problem is but they come with the excuse of Ethiopian woman be very careful how people can seem as if they want to address themselves to matters of national importance but what when what they are really up to is something else they will always attack something that is personal to you. Yeah, we don't like the way he, he walks around. We don't like the way he chews gum in church. We don't like his jeans. His ripped jeans. We don't like his colored shirts. Where does he get those colored shirts from? One time, one of our pastors, someone was complaining that she changes dresses too much. So this person who was not involved in the purchase of the dresses was wondering where did she get all that money to buy those dresses now, I will not tell you who it is that was buying the dresses huh? I will not tell you the one who was putting on the dresses Uh-uh. But can you imagine, like, what does 
a person's changing dresses have anything to do with salvation, discipleship, church planting? Oh, yes. People, look, look, when someone tells you, Pastor, I want to see you. And they say, about what? And then they say, no, no, I cannot specify. Eh? You're like, I will also not specify if I'm available to see until you tell me about what. And then you find out it's some flimsy thing. It has nothing to do with the mission. The dresses. People are saying. Everyone is saying. Look, why does why do all the flies come to you? When all the complainers find your your ear to be comforting to them, ask yourself, why do all the flies come to you? You see, there are people who attract bees because they are involved in pollination, reproduction, and multiplication. There are others who attract flies. Yeah, flies, petrification, rottenness, disease, decay, Vunduism. Yeah. <laughs> if if all the com- even in even at work, if at in your company all the complainers find your office to be the most efficient place to take their complaint, ask yourself why is it that I'm the one that they they find comfortable talking these things to? There is something about you that attracts the flies. Anyway, back to the point. Ethiopian woman. What does being married to an Ethiopian woman have anything to do with getting people from Egypt to the promised land? And the answer is exactly nothing. Yeah. Someone else was attacking one of the, some of our pastors because they are women. And I said, "You who is a man, show me the salvations. Show me your disciples." Now we have started.
Anyway, first sit and we continue. So, uh, so they said, now the real thing came out. <laughs> the pretense thing went down, the real thing came out. So they said, it's over there. Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Uh, it, it's okay. You want to bring it down? Okay, bring it down. Has he not spoken through us also? And that's the thing that was the real thing. Huh? Why is he the one who always preaches? And we also anointed. Subversive, clandestine, inside job from the most inside team. Anyway, so their issue was speaking, God speaking. <laughs> and the Lord had it. Yeah. You know, there are things that you say that God hears. Hey. Hmm. Moses doesn't have to hear. Moses doesn't say Moses had it. He says the Lord had it. Now there are so many verses there. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out you three to the tabernacle meeting. So the three came out. The Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the door. The tabernacle called Aaron and Miriam. They both went forward. Then he said, hear my words now. Then he spoke. And then at the end of that verse says, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now, did Moses make some mistakes? Yes. Look, the guy didn't even make it to the promised land. Yeah. That's how messed up he was but the Lord said huh? why were you not so the anger of the Lord was aroused against them and he departed the scriptures have since departed also yeah <laughs> I was wondering why I'm reading alone where are we verse 9 and when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous as white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, Oh my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly, in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his father's womb, mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and after that she may, receive, she may be received again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. You see, there is some foolishness that you're going to perform or be involved in that slows everyone down. (laughs) 
You see, Moses never made it to the promised land, but neither did Miriam or Aaron. They were the first ones. Can I tell you something, friends? Hmm? Just do not participate in accusation, opposition, and the progression of rebellion. Because your little rebellion you start, you don't know how far it will go. Because it's a spirit. You might be thinking, yeah, I'm rebelling by myself, I don't like. Do you know what happened? It did not stop there. It had been introduced. This is chapter what? 12. Do you know what happens in chapter 13? The top leadership rebels. Yeah. Once, once someone had opened the hatch to the flies to come in, they started landing on everyone. Look at chapter 13. Uh, verse 30 to 33. Let's go. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, this is after they had sent this, the, two, the top 12 leaders to spy out the land. When they came back, 10 of them refused. Let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, are you there? We are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. We are not able to plant those locations. It's too much. We can't buy the land. We, we are not able to build. Why are we moving so fast? Hmm? Are there people? You want your comfort. You want to stay where it is safe. So you mobilize everyone else to say, we shouldn't go. We shouldn't plant. We shouldn't move forward. We shouldn't expand the missional community. We are not able. But the men who had gone up with him said, okay, yeah. Now, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature hey, you, have you ever seen a land that eats people devour as in your day are walking gone forever the land devours When people embellish the amount of the opposition to make other people's hearts weak so that even those who had gathered some courage are like, I, I actually I don't think we can do it. And you call yourself the voice of reason. Have you had some people come to you saying they are the voice of reason? I don't want a voice of reason. Reasonable people don't do anything worth remembering.
constructive criticism. Criticism doesn't construct anything. We want the voice of faith. We want the voice of courage. Not the voice of reason. Hmm. Wow. So what did they say? The land devours its inhabitants. Even so and so tried it and they failed. Even the other church they tried it and things went south. Oh, no, 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 no. But the, the, God could, would not have told you, go to this land, I've given it to you, if his, I, my, in his idea it was to devour you. God would not have told you, plant 3,000 churches, if in his mind that is the thing to kill you. Oh, if in his mind it knew you will never, you will fail, you will not have the resources, you will go broke doing it. No. I, 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 I free you from being the voice of reason. Because a so-called voice of reason There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight. Chapter 14, 1 to 10. This is a continuation of the conversation, yeah? Are you still here? Okay, let's read. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. Oi! And wept that night. Can you imagine two million people weeping? The sound of it. Even if you were the leader, even you would say, it, okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's, it's enough. Let, let, let's first stay here. Let's reorganize ourselves. Let's send a confirmatory team to do, let's do three spy trips. Some of your MCs are exactly like this. Yeah. And you know what you've done as the MC leader? Okay, 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 guys. Okay. We will not do frontier this. I can understand. Yeah. You're tired. Mm. No. Yeah. Me, me, let me go and do evangelism. You stay here. I still have some energy. I'll do the evangelism. You, you don't have to come. Ah, this was a saying. Me, let me go to the promised land. You guys can stay here. But the guys, they just wept. Let me tell you. Uh, again, who is that guy who was teaching in Caris Bible College, year one? Barry Bennett. He said something super profound. He said, Sin is conceived in the emotions. It's such a deep statement. You examine it theologically, biblically, experientially. You will know it's true. Sin is conceived in the emotions. Andrew Mark has a book, Harnessing Your Emotions. You should read it. Yeah. 
some of you, you are way out on your emotional limb. And it's not good for your leadership and your spirituality. Sieve is conceived in, in the emotions. Every sin that grows and takes on a certain size starts at an emotional level. Mm. Okay. I must need to uh, continue quickly. So they wept. So be careful about people. You are addressing a critical, strategic, important issue and their standard response is maziga. They start crying. So then you cannot get to the bottom of it. Yeah, it's like I'm a, I'm a very bad person. I've made the person cry. You, if you make someone cry, doesn't make you a very bad person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to stop the conversation. You are trying to address this issue. <laughs> now, you was trying to get to the bottom of the. Like, oh, okay, 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 I understand. Let's leave it. Let's, let's leave it. Meanwhile, you're supposed to fire the person, eh? <laughs> but now all your firing guts have gone. You are like, you're thinking about their children, where will they find food? I tell you what, I tell you now rent. Ah! Ah! So you decide, let's compromise the organization and keep the person. I, because I can't go through with it. Yeah. Let's, let's reorganize ourselves. Hey, what, is Patmos Presbyterian in the room? <laughs> but think about it. It's like these guys had organized themselves. The moment they said this, everyone started crying. One time, I needed to replace a pastor in worship harvest in a certain location that starts with the letter of the alphabet that I will not tell you. So I drove myself, took myself there. I learned many lessons from that experience. Sunday morning, we have been talking, we have reached a place of agreement. Everyone knows, the, past, the people living know. The people come and replace them, no. The leadership knows. Eh? You've taken your time. You know all the stuff they teach us in those books from America. <laughs> so now the last stage is just for formality to tell the congregation because you know that they already know, but hey, uh-huh. I reached there. Okay. It was like a funeral service. Uh-huh. No one welcoming you, talking to you. What, people crying, different roles. Sniff, sniff. You're like, how am I even supposed to preach? You're like, these people already knew these people are going to go away. Why have they waited for the service to create a sin? That, you know, in that season when I was dealing with those sick things, eh, I fell sick. I had seven different conditions in my body and all of them 
all the doctors I saw said there is not, there is, you don't have a problem. But I had a problem. Skin, throat, stomach, everything, heart, everything. Oh, yeah. You know, some of you, you're softies, eh? You're just like toilet paper. They tear, it just tears. That's why you need small stuff. You don't have that Teflon. You don't have to be abrasive and rude. You have to be soft and malleable. And, but if they try to pull the thing like this, they will know this is Teflon. This is tougher than steel. The guy looks soft on the outside, but... Eh! You know the Basoka, they have the most interesting language when it comes to refusal. Mm. There is the popular Mbe. But there is a worse one. Mbe, me, as in Nayanga. I'm here to execute this decision and it doesn't matter how much wailing, weeping and manipulation happens. I am going to go through with it because the future of many, many people depends on it. Yeah, one day it will happen to you. Those of you who run businesses, you've never fired anyone. You haven't yet grown up. It means either your business is so small, only the people you hire are very close to you, and few. But when you get to a place where you have to bring in people you don't really know well, and then you have to look the person there and say, it was nice while it lasted. This is where it ends. And then tears, and then what? And hey, WhatsApp groups, tweets, Facebook, what? And then you have to go through it. Yeah, we had even organized the lunch after with the outgoing team, and then they brought their family, and then their family was like the chief mourners. And they are right in front of you. Chief mourners. And you have to open the Bible and preach. Yeah. Because like we made the mistake of doing this thing before the message. I was like, next time, I will first preach, make an altar call, then say, okay, now we have something important to say. <laughs> hmm. Up to today, there are people there who hate me with their guts. And some of them, it took them time to leave the church. Let me tell you, you don't be a wimpy. Now these ones, they have organized themselves to weep. On large scale weeping. Hmm. 
And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, see what they said to them. Uh-huh. One, two, three. If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Look, unless you haven't led people, huh? they are going to throw at you the whole family thing. The kids. Look, it's not like I'm with you 24 hours. You mean every day when you go home you haven't been spending time with the kids? Why is it that now when we have to do this thing is when you bring up the kids? I'm applying. I know you don't like the application. You want us to talk about the Israelites? Ask your neighbor, you're a chief mourner. Our wives and children should become victims. Why should our wives and children become victims? That's why people don't want to serve the Lord. My wife and children will become victims. Pastors don't have money. They're always busy. Give it to the Lord. Ah, Are you still with me? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Verse 4. Read. So they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Say, far from me. The title is Accusation, Opposition, and progression of rebellion. <laughs> yeah, it starts with accusation. And then accusation leads to opposition. And then the opposition starts to progress. You start with the core, now the 12, 10 out of 12, and now the 10 out of 12 have in, in, uh, infected. Now, what's funny about Moses is he always did this thing. So, then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces. Every time they say, let us select a leader and return, they just fall on their faces because they know what's about to happen to those people. Yeah. They just know alone. It's like, take cover. Take cover. Because whatever is coming. <laughs> You're going to see it so many times. So they felt not, not gently, whatever. No, oh, <laughs> So Joshua tried to talk them into it. Eh? Boo. Joshua and uh, Caleb, they tore their clothes and they spoke to the congregation. The land we pass through is exceedingly good. If the Lord lights in us, he'll bring us into the land, a land which flows with me. Can I? Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are but bread. Their protection has departed. The Lord is with yeah, Vision casting. Eh? Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. 
Yeah, all those who are standing with the with Moses and Aaron will stone you. Have you ever been in a situation where those with the vision are the ones who are being who are the bad people? And those who want to go back to Egypt, they are the good people. Hmm. Anyway, the Lord appeared, saved them. It is the progression of rebellion, chapter 16. The wider leadership team, the Levites. It started with the core. By the time they repented of their rebellion, that the spirit of rebellion had already entered the camp. Now it attacked the core leadership team, the 12. Only 12 of them survived it. By the time that's over, now it spreads to the whole Levite thing, the sons of Korah. Number, number 16. Are you still here? Now Korah, the son of Ezer, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, on the son, on the, and on the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. I don't know why people no longer name these names. And they rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel. Watch this. Verse 2. 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation, Men of influence. Men of influence. It started with three. Okay, two. It went to ten. Now it's 250. Are you seeing the progression of rebellion? 250. Have you ever been to the supermarket? Have you ever been to a big supermarket? Yes. Which has many sections yes. with many precious and pleasant riches? <laughs> huh? I haven't been lately, but like, what are the good ones around nowadays? Carry for quality. What's the other one in Tinder that has been there forever? Capital Shoppers, Sendana. Ecomat. No, you're not saying yours. <laughs> Atala. <laughs> and then you're walking through the aisles and you're seeing all these beautiful things. I don't know what your temptation has always been. You know, when you're checking out, like those days in ShopRite, the chocolates are right there. So you're walking, <laughs> you're walking through the supermarket and then you see things that you had not planned to buy. <sighs> then the battle begins. Should I? Shouldn't I? Should I? Shouldn't I? Should and before you know it, the trolley. Uh, uh, should I? Shouldn't I? Uh, should I? 
shouldn't have should die shouldn't have should die shouldn't before you write the trolley is filling up the trolley is filling up the trolley is filling up as you move towards the checkout the trolley is filling up hey now let me explain to you under what circumstance that will not happen when you have no money when you have no money there is nothing like should die shouldn't die should die shouldn't die should die shouldn't die should die shouldn't die when you have no money it is don't even try 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 and you march out of the supermarket Some of you have never gone to spare motors. <laughs> Why are people here arguing? Have you been spare motors? <laughs> I hear there's a stage, taxi stage called Kusupia. <laughs> Do you know why you've never been to spear motors? There is something called demand and there is something called effective demand and the two are not the same. Why are the people upstairs not happy? You don't need you don't need security clearance to go to spare motors. You can just go. Now here is the point I'm making. You will never be tempted to buy anything when you have no money. You will never be tempted to rebel if you have no authority. Yeah. It's people with influence who are tempted by rebellion. It's people with influence who are tempted by rebellion. Because leadership is influence. If you have no influence, even you, you know, if, if you stand up and say, we are not going to do this, people will be like, you are alone. Bye-bye, sit down. You stay there, we are going. But it says, look what it says, 250 leaders 
of the congregation representatives and men of renown people with followers the more influence you have in any space the more subjected to the devil you are in as far as rebellion is concerned In this church, the, the person who is most subjected to rebel, to lead the whole church to rebel against Christ is myself. That's why I have to be very careful. Yeah. Not many of you should be teachers. For you will be judged strictly. Harshly. After me, internally, it is the network leaders. These people who sit at the front. These are the ones who can be the biggest headache. Or have been at one point or other big headaches. The more influence you have, the more susceptible to rebellion you are. Because you say, oh, I can also do it. Yeah. I, I can also do my thing. I can also do my own network gatherings. I, I can also, yeah. And then after that, it's the location pastors. And then the mission of community leaders. Like that, it cast, look, don't be fooled. If you have 10,000 shillings, eh, you're not going to be tempted to, to, go to, to, to go to spare motors. But you waste money. It will only be useful for your border ride there and back to wherever you came from. To be tempted to buy a car from spare motors, which you probably shouldn't be buying and maybe you should be paying your debts. You need to have upwards of one, 200 million. Yeah. That's where the temptation, that's, that's when you feel, feel caught tempted. Something is telling me to buy a Benz. <laughs> 500,000 shillings? No. Maybe dollars. You people, sit down. I need to finish. They gather together against Moses and Aaron and say to them, you take too much upon yourselves for all the congregation is holy. Every one of them and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? Everyone hears God. Everyone reads their Bible. Everyone prays. Everyone is holy. Everyone is saved. Why do you exalt yourself above the assembly? That's how they saw him. They saw him as if he was exalting himself above the assembly. Maybe that's how you see some of your leaders. Yeah, there are people who left this church because that's how they perceive me now. And they have their groups on which they converse. Rumors. Nowadays they do this for him. Oh, now, now, they, now he has a reserved seat. 
Oh, people even kneel down to greet him. Some people now they call him father. Some people call him papa. What happened with Moses? Now they call him apostle. What? Balieyo. Now they win. Now they clap for him. <laughs> what a shock. You people, you are making things worse. Those who have stood up, may God also bring people in your life who, who will celebrate you. Sit down and we continue. But then you ask them, see, ever since you started your conversations, how many people have you led to the Lord? Who are you discipling now? Where are your church plants? So when Moses had it, he fell on his face. Standard procedure. I'm out of time, so let's jump to verse 8. Okay, verse 4. So Moses said, he fell, and he spoke to Korah and all his company, saying, tomorrow morning the Lord will show who is his and who is holy, and will cause him to come near to him. That one whom he chooses, he will cause to come near to him. Do this. Take censors. Now, never fall for this trick. Yeah, when your pastor tells you, oh, okay. You come for a prayer meeting. Come and bring your offering also. Bring, let's offer. Like Elijah, Elijah told those guys, oh, you, you first offer to Bell. You have until X time. <laughs> I'm just going don't fall for it. Yeah. When you're fighting someone and they just fall on their face. They say, ah, you're also a man of God. Of course, you're also a man of God. What do you want? Oh, this, this. Okay. Let's, let's. Okay. Yeah. You can also bring your, your power and your anointing. Yeah, let's, let's appear before the Lord. Take censors. Next verse. Put fire in them. <laughs> Put incense. Now by this time, two of Aaron's sons had already died from this thing. And those guys, they should have remembered but the Basoka say Obusongubli Akamagesi. Anger cheats wisdom. They should have remembered. These guys, two sons, they died from this fire thing. But he said, Put, bring before the Lord. It shall be that the one whom the Lord chooses is the Holy One. 
next verse. Then Moses said to Korah, Hear now, you sons of Levi. Is it a small thing to you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to make you pastors, to make you zono pastors, to make you MC leaders, to make you location pastors, to make you network leaders, to do the work of the tabernacle of the Lord, to stand before the congregation. Is it a small thing that when everyone else is quiet, you are the one talking? Because you will not be tempted by rebellion if you don't have influence. Rebellion comes into your heart because when everyone is quiet, you are the one talking. They've given you a platform. Come and do this. Appear on this program. Whatever. So now people know you. Before they gave you the platform, no one knew you. Now you have the platform. Now you're known. Now your head is big. Now when they tell you sit down, you say, not immediately. I feel like standing up. I have my followers also. He gives you an MC to lead. He said, you also lead something. You've never led anyone in the kingdom. You're only a class monitor in P5. Now you call people come and they come to your house. Why, why should people come to your house? People come to They don't know you. You're not relatives. Nothing. But you've been given enough authority to call people to your house and they drive past their homes and they come to yours because you are the leader. One MC leader said, when I sent out the Bishop Doug audio about tithe, he said, I know what is in that message. I'm not going to listen to it. And I will not pass it on to my people. My people. Yeah. And mission committee leader. My people. I will not pass that audio to my people. I know what is in it. Yeah. Before listening. Yeah. I will not listen to it. I don't know whether these pastors have met any of these kind of people in their churches. (laughs) Might be that these problems are only in worship harvest. eh? Just keep growing. Just keep growing. <laughs> Just keep growing. Yeah. You can imagine Pope, Pope Francis doesn't in Rome. <laughs> anyway. Just keep growing. Oh. Is it a small thing that God in his mercy 
has said you you'll yeah. take care of this zone. In my experience, I found it that the more people the more influence people have, the more the harder they can be to lead. Yeah. And they can have all sorts of attitudes. But may God have mercy on you. I'm telling you. You see, Saul never made it. Because now his head was too big. He thought he could talk down to Samuel. I think he was thinking, I'm the king. You are just a prophet. What are you saying? (laughs) You will never be bigger than your father. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that quicker. You understand that? When Jacob died, how long was the funeral? How long did they mourn for Jacob? A long time. National holiday in Egypt. For a long time. And when Joseph died, it was just like one day. The man who had saved Egypt. One day. But his father, who came as a hungry man looking for food. How long? Someone hasn't checked. Nearly four months. Where are we reading? 70 days. And Joseph, it could have been a week, but Jacob, 70 days of mourning. Even though he came looking for food. (laughs) Look, even Pharaoh had the revelation. And Pharaoh had the revelation. Do you know that the first person Jacob ever blessed was Pharaoh? Even before his own sons, the first person he blessed was Pharaoh. That's why Egypt has never ceased to be a nation since that time up to today. Nations have come and gone. Egypt is still there. If unless you see the problem, you are not a student of history. There is nothing historical that can explain the existence of Egypt. Yeah, you have you haven't read about all the other marauding guys who could easily have wiped out Egypt. The Babylonians, the Greeks, the Romans, everyone has fought against them. It is still there. I think they are standing on that man's blessing. <laughs> Isn't it the oldest country in Africa? Yeah, there's no other country in Africa that has been there as long as Egypt. Okay. Even my time is up, even though you're trying to give me yours. <clears throat> is it a small thing? 
verse 11. Therefore you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord. He didn't say against me and Aaron. Against the Lord. Now, watch verse 12. It applies to some MC leaders. Who didn't come for camp? And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, but they said, we will not come up. Is it a small thing that you have brought us up of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness that you should keep acting like a prince over us? Moreover, you have not brought us into the land flowing, land flowing with milk and honey, not giving us inheritance of fields, vineyards. We will not come up. Verse 17. Let each take his sense and put his sense in it. <laughs> each of you bring his sense before the Lord. 250 censors, both you and Aaron, each with his censor. So every man took his censor. They were testing out the theory that they are also anointed, which they are. The same way Moses is, which wasn't. And every man took his sense, put fire in it, laid incense on it, and so that the door of the tabernacle of meeting with Moses and Aaron and Korah gathered all the congregation against them at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. Then they fell on their faces. many things. Verse 31. Now it came to pass as he finished speaking all these words that the ground split under them and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up. The thing that they had to say that the promised land does to people. (laughs) The thing they said that the the other land devours is what? It, it was coming to pass before they reached there. Swallowed them up with their households and all the men with Korah with all their goods. Hey, people, households, goods. So the economy, the family, it's not desirable at all. So they and all those with them went down alive into the pit and the earth crossed over them, closed over them and they perished from among the assembly. Then all Israel who were around them fled at their cry for they said, lest the earth swallow us. And a fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering incense. Progressions, the next progression, the last progression. Numbers 16, verse 41. On the next day. On the next day. All the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses. And Aaron said, you have killed the people of the Lord. 
When someone subjects themselves to Satan and then it is the pastor who is accused. When someone gets out from under the covering and it rains on them and they are wet and they are like, you've made that person wet. I still have time today and tomorrow so now it happened when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron that they turned toward the tabernacle meeting. Why don't they just leave the tabernacle meeting? Verse 44. Are you tired of reading? And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, get away from among this congregation that may consume them in a moment. And they fell all their faces. Be very careful about people you fight and they don't fight back. There is a reason they are not fighting back. So where solos, eh? gather yourself, organize yourself, collect yourself. Yeah. Gamaliel told the Sanhedrin, leave these men alone. If it is of God, it will work. If it is not, he even gave them, this one came, gone. This one came, gone. So these are not new. Just, look, if you don't like any minister, whether in this church or another, eh? leave them alone. LTA leave them alone just leave them alone yeah pride is bad I remember at one point when we are still a young movement being tossed to and fro attacked left center and right battered and I went to see Uncle Ben I said this is too much what's that thing when, when they say things about you a bit a little bit awful the slander mad slinging characterization black mailing it's too much and he said Mose leave them yeah just do your work those are distractions and then I watched in horror as things that I would not wish on anyone started happening to those people one by one I could write a book one by one yeah like wow so you see me here you have a problem with some man of God in town 
Don't bring it to me. Yeah. I also don't know and I don't want to know. I have enough work here. Arise and build. Buy the land. Church planting. Missional communities. Evangelism. Bichibichi. Pastelin. I have enough work here. Yeah. So I don't want to know about those people and how they, whatever, whatever they do, what, yeah. Don't ask me. Up more. But this, some churches, and I don't know about some churches. I only know worship harvest. Yeah. If it pertains to this church, talk to me. Yeah. Unless you're bringing me a praise report. Yeah, have you seen the revival on the other place? Have you seen all the people getting healed there? Have you seen all the ah that one I want to hear? Now I've been on book, see the street. This one was trying to walk on water and they drowned. I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, uh, this is a spiritual meeting. So Moses said to Aaron, take a censer and put fire in it from the altar. Put incense on it and take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. Then Aaron took it as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the assembly. And already the plague had begun among the people. So he put in the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living. So the plague was stopped. Now those who died in the plague were 14,700 besides those who died in the Quran incident. And it all began with Aaron and Miriam. How many must die before you realize it's not about you? And stop the progression of rebellion. Thank you, Father, for this message. Thank you that we are wiser, we know better, and we will not be among those who bring destruction upon ourselves and others. Especially those who don't yet know the name of Jesus. That we will stay humble, We'll stay united. We'll keep reaching them. Thank you for this church and all the other churches and movements represented here. May they never have these scenarios. May we never have to go through any of this. Because we know you love each one of us. And you want to use us to help others. In Jesus' name, amen. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.